This is the Thursday Night Podcast, your source for news, analysis, and all things Georgia State sports. Because every day is Thursday. Hello, welcome to episode 66 of the Thursday Night Podcast. My name is Jordan, and I'm joined tonight by David and Brady. Today we have a little bit of a combo episode for you. We're going to talk about Georgia State football being invited to the Lending Tree Bowl versus Western Kentucky, discuss a little bit of early signing day action, and then we're going to dive into basketball, including a recap of Wednesday night's 88-81 to win versus the Mercer Bears. But first, let's get right into football. So, as I said earlier, football does know their bowl destination. It's going to be Mobile. Alabama for the Landing Tree Bowl versus Western Kentucky. The Hilltoppers finished their season 5-6, and six, and this game will be occurring December 26th at 3.30 p.m. and will be broadcast on ESPN. It'll be a rematch of the 2017 Cure Bowl, which was a 27-17 win for Georgia State, the Panthers' first bowl win as a program. The series is 1-1 one one all time. The Panthers and the Hilltoppers did meet when Western Kentucky was a member of the Sunbelt Conference. Head coach for WKU is Tyson Helton, who is 14-10 in his second season. On the season, the Hilltoppers are averaging 18.8 points per game and 24.1 points per game allowed. They won their last three to get to this bowl game, going for a 500 record on the season while GSU is looking to cement their second straight winning season. Georgia State won in Mobile for the first time earlier this year, but are still looking for their first win at Ladd People Stadium, the side of the bowl. We'll have a deeper preview coming next week, but do we have any initial thoughts? Not that I ever really thought that there was a chance there wasn't going to be a bowl game, but it's nice that it is official and announced and it's happening. And I'm sure that the players and the coaches feel the same way, just that they're not waiting anymore. Now, instead of sitting around waiting for a bowl destination, it's getting to practice, getting to get ready for Western Kentucky. And so I, th- I also I think everyone out there listening feels good about the mojo with playing Western Kentucky. Want to know in bowl games against Western Kentucky, I uh, lost the other two. It certainly was a favorable draw for Georgia State. I'll say that. Um, you know, obviously, like we said, we'll you know go deeper next week. But I think this will be a really good opportunity for Georgia State to highlight some of the things that they did exceptionally well at the end of the season. Um, you know, kind of the way that their defense turned things around those last four games. And I think it'll provide the offense an opportunity to, you know, tell the Sun Belt in the world that they have arrived. And, you know, I definitely expect this to be a good game for Georgia State. I'll say that. Yeah, my initial impressions are, I mean, it's a five and six team and they average less than 20 points a game on offense. So it's not necessarily the blueprint of the teams that have given Georgia State trouble. Um, Like Arkansas State was a weird loss this year, but their calling card was scoring points in a bunch and doing it through the air, which is, I guess, where you could say Georgia State's weakness was, which is weird because the secondary actually grades out really well, a top 40 secondary after all was said and done this year by pro football focus. But Western Kentucky isn't that team Um, just on the raw numbers. And I want to watch a few of their games, watch some more of their games to really see what makes their offense tick, but they don't run the ball great and they don't pass the ball. Great. Uh, They're under 300 yards per game offensively. And like David said, the defense closed out the season great. And so this would seemingly be an opportunity for them to continue that. Uh, I think if Georgia State just does what they usually do on offense, keeps it clean, and if they hit just their season average, which is 
a hair over 32. I don't think the Georgia state can lose that game. If they just do what they do on offense and the defense does at least most of what they've been doing, this Western Kentucky team just doesn't seem built for a high scoring game. Right. And that's exactly the type of game that Georgia state is probably going to look to play. You know, the, as we've talked about before, they love to run, run the ball 40 times, try to pass the ball, you know, as close to 40 as the game situation will allow. So, you know, if Georgia state is getting anywhere near that 80 play mark, it's probably going to be a long day for the Hilltoppers. So. Excited. I think that, uh, last time there was a lot of, you know, Dan was injured and, the team hadn't looked the same since his injury, even though he was still playing. And so I think we were all thinking that the Arizona bowl last year was a winnable game. And I still think it was, I just didn't play out that way. Um, this is different. I don't think that anyone watching Georgia state the last month is worried. I think that they are seeing that the team closed the game. Well, my only worry would be just that the time off, you know, I'm sure that they would have liked to have lined up a week later and just keep going because the team was really rolling by the end of the year. It's not the same situation. And so I think that I Panther fans can look forward to this game. I think it can be a good showcase and you know, we've the program's never had a uh, four year quarterback and that means they've also never had a quarterback go four and zero in bowl games and quad quad Brown, start the trend, get it going. That's what I got to say. Of course, Wednesday was the early signing period for football. Georgia State picked up 14 signees, 10 on defense, 4 on offense. What are our thoughts about the guys that Georgia State picked up? Well, continuing the trend that's been going, all high schoolers, uh, Coach Elliott hasn't leaned on the junior college market that much, which is a a trend that is different from what uh, Trent Miles like to do. Uh, Different philosophy, and this one I like better. I think that the defense obviously took a step this year. And I think that this class goes a long way towards adding even more depth and having more guys that can contribute on the defensive side. Because with some seniors, we're still not really sure cards are up in the air with what seniors are coming back. They are allowed to come back. So you add 10 guys on defense with some potential seniors leaving that can come in and fill in that rotation. I think that's a help. I think speed was added on both sides of the ball. And uh, I have the piece that I wrote up on the website to check out that highlights all the players who signed. Uh, There's another signing day in February where the rest of the class will sign. It probably won't be 14 players or anything near that, but there will be a few more that trickle in, maybe a quarterback. That's something that Coach Elliott alluded to today in his remarks on is that there was still a plan in place to get a third quarterback into the room. Um, But the other thing I just wanted to highlight was that uh, one of the signees, Jaquan Dixon, actually played at Coach Elliott's parents' high school in South Carolina, uh, Green C. Floyd's high school. And wide receiver Jalen Tolbert, who is 6'3", went to the same high school as Sam Pinckney in Greenwood, South Carolina. And so... I think the first tall wide receiver from Greenwood worked out well. So I think obviously the way that the script's going to go, there's another one coming in that's going to just also shine. And so that's something to look forward to for Panther fans as well. Yeah, it really is a good class. Um, You know, it's... 
kind of going over it and just looking at some of the 247 grades for some of these guys, you just realize that the step up in recruiting between, you know, Coach Elliott and some of the previous coaches Georgia State has had is it, it just feels like it's night and day. You know, you can see other Sunbelt schools maybe poaching a four star or something like that, or, you know, just like one really standout recruit and, you know, kind of. A, I don't want to say ragtag group of guys around them, but, you know, coach Elliott really has his guys and, you know, Georgia state has done a really good job of recruiting a good group of guys year in and out. And, you know, it's another solid class that coach Elliott has brought in, you know, it's going to be one of the better ones in the Sun Belt. you know, they might not be the best, but it's still always going to be a class that's going to, surprise a lot of people i'll say i the the last thing i would just say is that it is clear year on year that they have their identity for the guys they want especially on defense and so uh, that's something you like to see because there's just a general plan in place and that sometimes felt like it was maybe not as there in the previous coaching staff just didn't seem like the, the grand plan was there but you can tell that they have an eye for the talent, but also what will work and what they want to do. And so that is very clear in this class. So moving on to basketball last night, the Panthers did defeat the Mercer bears 88, 81. It was a win to avenge the 86 69 loss at Mercer on November 30th. Panthers used an eight Oh run in the first half to take a 29, 19 lead led by double digits. Most of the rest of the half and took a 47, 34 lead going into the locker room state led by as much as 20 in the second half, but Mercer clawed back into the game. Unlike their 16 point comeback win at Georgia Southern in their last game, they couldn't come all the way back and Georgia state held on in the end, 88, 81. Most of the game was the Soseme show. LEL had 16 points, 20 rebounds, most on the game at Georgia State since 1995, and the fifth most in any game in program history. Gentlemen, what did you see in this game? Well, we saw... It was an interesting game. It was definitely an interesting game. You know, Georgia State looked really good. They looked very comfortable at home. You know, they haven't played you know, with respects to Tacoa Falls, they haven't really played anybody at home yet. So it was nice to get a, you know, even matched opponent, you know, at the sports arena. And I thought Georgia state looked really well, you know, yes, the final score was a seven point Panther win and they were up by 20 in the second half, but truthfully, you know, you, it was a game where you saw Alil Sosemi just dominate the glass in a way that, you know, kind of, happened to him when they went, when the Panthers went to Mercer, you know, you saw the Panthers get contributions from Jojo Toppin. They got, you know, 16 points from Justin Roberts has had a strong game, you know, through halfway through the first half and, you know, through most of the second half, Kane Williams wasn't, you know, the leading scorer and that didn't rattle him. It didn't rattle Georgia state. You know, they just used the offense and ran it through everybody and they got contributions for almost everybody. And it was, it's a really well balanced win for the Panthers. Yeah. Just uh, start off by saying that obviously with the new format, uh, Georgia state's going to play a bunch of teams back to back in quick succession. And I think that, Mercer is in the conversation for teams I would be most excited to be done playing for the rest of the season if I was Coach Lanier. 
he had a lot of praise for them and uh, rightfully so. I think they're a good team. I think this is a, a good home win, especially how much you were up. Um, came back in the end. Uh, they didn't come back all the way, but there were some maybe points where you'd be worried. The free throw shooting down the stretch wasn't great. Uh, some of the decision-making continuing to foul late in games when you've got a lead is going to bite Georgia state. If they don't clean that up, you just, you can't let the opponent who needs to get back in the game, put points up without any time going off the clock. Um, but there's a lot of positives for the first half for the first 25 minutes of the game. It really felt like exactly what coach Lanier wants to run here. Fast offense, defense being disruptive, not letting easy shots get up and it's a good Mercer team shooting the ball. And they ended up seven to 27 on the night for just under 26%. And I think just the difference on defense, they were contesting better. They weren't letting them run as much of what they were able to do the first time Georgia state played Mercer. And so the, the looks weren't as good and on offense, the trend continues from the last couple games. 18 assists to six turnovers. That's going to win you a lot of games. That alone is going to be the difference in a lot of games. And especially Kane Williams with nine assists and no turnovers. That's outstanding. That's exactly what you need from your senior guard. And like Jordan said, every, the, the story of the game is definitely Saseme just being absolutely dominant on the interior. And it, that was fun to see. And I, you know, one thing I wanted to point out was, you know, Jalen Thomas returned. He, he hasn't seen any action since the Georgia tech thriller. Um, and I, I wondered if Sosemi's success in the Georgia tech game was based off of teams, you know, kind of focusing a little bit more on Thomas, but it definitely seemed like Sasemi was just deciding that he wanted to get all of those rebounds and he wanted to be a force down low, you know, and especially after not playing super well in the first game with Mercer, it was a welcome sight to see him just take over. You know, a lot of those 20 rebounds were over guys that are bigger than him, taller, you know, more physical. And he truthfully went up to get a lot of those rebounds. It wasn't like there was just the ball, you know, falling in a opportune way for him. No, he was truthfully just out muscling guys down low. And if Georgia state is having somebody work that hard down low while still being able to, you know, put up as many shots as they did. I mean, that's a dangerous team. We've talked about it so far all through this year and a little bit in the off season, but you know, you, tr if Georgia state is able to out rebound you, it's just good luck. I, I truthfully don't know what you're going to do if they are hitting the rest of their shots. Yeah. He set the tone, I guess you could say as far as just the energy goes, but it was really a group effort and it really felt like the Panthers were on the front foot and making that extra hustle play or beating Mercer down the court in the first half and in, in the first part of the second half. And that was the difference. And that was why they were winning. And that was also the difference from the previous game where Mercer was the team on the front foot and beating Georgia state out in transition. And so encouraging all around, I think given that we've watched Georgia state at home, even against good teams, I think we all expected that it would be a better performance than the game down in Macon, but still encouraging to see that actually be how it plays out. 
Absolutely. You know, and we talk about the weird Sunbelt schedule this year, you know, in the event that Georgia state does lose the Friday game, you know, you're going to see a team again and getting this win, I think is really important for the Panthers mojo because, you know, they Georgia state as a program often says they're the best team in the state. Well, they lost the game to a team in the state, you know? And so obviously it is natural for people to question, okay, can they even say this? So, you know, getting that mojo back, especially, you know, handing that team that beat you their first loss. And, you know, now the series is one, one, and that's the only loss either team has suffered, you know, a fun little rivalry could be started there. You know, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, Coach Lanier in his post game was saying somewhat jokingly because he was quickly like, don't quote me on the actually doing this, um, but that he told his staff he wanted to play them every year just because they're really well coached and they run good sets on offense. And so it's a good non-conference opponent to prep you for tough games in conference and it's a local team. So what whatever that was meant in jest and whatever was serious, I do expect to keep scheduling them. This was a return well, before both teams had to fill more games in their schedule, this was just going to be the return from last year's game at Mercer. I believe the only game originally scheduled was this game at Georgia State Sports Arena. But I wouldn't be surprised to continue to see these series going because I do think that Coach Anir really had a lot to say about what going through that first loss did for them in the next game and then in this game. And that I think that it's not just that you want to win games in non-conference. That's obviously the most important thing is just racking up wins, but you want to grow and you want to learn something from wins in non-conference. And I think that this two series, uh, two game series really did do that for Georgia state. There's two more games in non-conference with uh, Carver this Friday and Charleston next Monday. And then it's into the Sunbelt slate. And so I think the Carver game obviously should be a win. Uh, I feel bad just because if you look at their schedule uh, on ESPN, it's just a brutal December. I mean, their coach did not get them a good Christmas present. <laughs> Are you saying 11 games in 31 days is like normal? Yeah. And I think, what is it? Maybe on the NBA. It's, <laughs> it will be in a game where they, it'll be a game in which they, are playing six games in nine days, I believe it is, Oof. against good Division One teams. It's just not a lot of fun. So you you win games against teams like Mercer because the games against teams like Carver, which hopefully are wins, don't teach you as much. But then Charleston's a good team. They lost uh, their best player from last year, ended up getting drafted, Grant Ritter. It's another good program. There's a good test, but after that, you're into conference play. So there's this season is there's less games. There wasn't a non-conference tournament somewhere. So you've only got two more times to work out the kinks before conference play gets rolling. Learn some more lessons. So one more thing before we get you guys out of here this week, we of course could not do an episode of the Thursday night podcast without talking about the tools of the game, which is our weekly segment where we break down an upcoming matchup to reveal our thoughts about what both the Panthers and their opponent will need to do to win the game. This week's matchup is the college of Charleston Cougars. 
Tools of the Game is brought to you by Crawford Tool. The folks at Crawford Tool have been Panther Athletic Club members and football season ticket holders since 2010, and now Thursday night podcast listeners can enjoy 10% off Crawford Tool's entire catalog of quality hand tools, toolkits, and supplies with code THURS at checkout. That's code THURS, T-H-E-R-S. Thursday night does get a percentage of all eligible purchases, so if you want to pick up some great tools at even better prices and help support our efforts along the way, visit www.crawfordtool.com and use code THURS at checkout. Thanks, Crawford Tool, for supporting the podcast. Well, I mean, the formula is pretty evident after that Mercer game. You know, play good defense, run the floor as well as the Panthers can. Um the free throw shooting was still not great. That's definitely not where it needed to be. Uh, they were 11 for 20 today. Um, for those of you who aren't mathematicians, that's 55%. Um, so that definitely could use some improvement. You're not often going to be blowing teams out. So free throws definitely are something to work on. Um, but then also continue to just keep finding each other. You know, I think at the beginning of the season, Brady kind of set a magic number of 14 assists, you know, and in the Mercer game, Georgia state had 18 assists. So, you know, I'm going to stick with that 14 number. If the Panthers can get 14 assists against Charleston, I really like their odds. I do have one specific number, just it's small sample size. So there's not a whole lot to go off with what these numbers really mean, but Charleston's currently giving up just under 38% from free point shooting in their five games so far and Georgia state has had good shooting nights, but the best one I can remember was against Tacoa falls and against the uh, better teams. The, the shots just haven't been there as much. So get the shooters going in a game against a good D one opponent. Uh, if three points are falling in the sports arena for Georgia state next Monday, I think it'll be a good night for Georgia state. So that's going to do it for us this week at the Thursday Night Podcast. Don't forget to check out the content we've just posted on our site this week. Uh, we, have, we have a piece on the early signing period uh, class that Brady put out. And, of course, next week we will be putting out a more in-depth preview of the Lending Tree Bowl versus Western Kentucky and some other fun stuff to do with that. But that's all we've got this week. We will catch you next week. Have fun, stay safe, and go Panthers. Thursday Night Podcast is a production of ThursdayNight.com, the independent source of choice for all things Georgia State sports. This podcast and all included sounds are exclusive property of and copyright 2019 Jordan Crawford Enterprises, LLC, on behalf of ThursdayNight.com, unless otherwise specified. The podcast is produced by Programming Director Brady Weiler and Technical Director Jordan Crawford, with assistance from co-hosts Taylor Dynan and David Salmon. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, as well as podcast aggregators like Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcast. To submit questions and comments, or to request information on advertising and corporate partnerships, contact the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Thursday Night or via email at thursdaynight at gmail.com.